Because we're going to talk about uh, when we're facing our, our, our Jerichos. And uh, there's going to be times, you know, and for sure, when we're uh, heading into further depths of that uh, a victorious uh, a life as a Christian, where we're going to face some unknowns. We're going to face some particular challenges. We're going to face uh, situations that seem... Uh, so, so fortified in their magnitude that they'd be insurmountable. Uh, but those are the times that uh, potentially hold the greatest victories, right? I mean, if the path was easy, the victory wouldn't mean a whole lot, would it? <laughs> and uh, God, uh, God, you know, he, well, just like with Jericho, he, he thrives on those situations which to us, you know, seem like there's no way. And, uh, you know, that's when, when God makes a way... I mean, that's what makes the Christian life so great. And uh, that's what shows, again, that we can, you know, we can live by faith. It's like that song I talked about the whole time there. And so, you know, it's going to be a time, you know, that, that you know, it's not going to be exactly what we see described here, but this is a great illustration as, uh, as the people, God's people here, were facing this fortified city that seemed like there was no way to, to, uh, to conquer it, there's no way to defeat it, there's no way to get through it. But yet God gave them a plan. And the plan, you know, it seemed a little strange probably to them. Uh, I can't talk and look for my book at the same time, I'm sorry. <laughs> I've, I've worked at that for years and years, never mastered it. I've got to stop talking and look for where I'm going. All right. So Joshua chapter 6 is where we can all go there, Joshua chapter 6. And, uh, and so just thinking about that concept, look, we're all, we're all on that journey now. Uh, we've been saved, we're going in, we, we're, we've been given the land, and, uh, and God wants to teach us how to live victoriously um, in that land. And so... I just want to give uh, just some, some thoughts related to, to us personally on that quest and to go with our theme as well because you'll notice that our theme just comes, keeps coming back over and over and over again uh, through the preaching uh, this year. And uh, you know, a lot of times I'll think halfway through preparing a message, I'll think, well, there's our theme again, you know, being, being uh, conformed to his image and how all these things work. work. God is working everything in our life uh, for good. And uh, he's working everything uh, towards us seeing what a great God he is and what a victorious God he is and how he can, he can uh, continuously give us the victory. And so going back to Joshua chapter 6 uh, again, uh, let's have a word of prayer. We'll just look at a few thoughts tonight that will help us, I think, in, in that regard. Let's pray. Lord, uh, just help us now. Let's look at your word for a few minutes. Lord, in the middle of the week, it's a good time to just to be, uh, uh, to get a charge, Lord, to... Uh, to be challenged and to get some, uh, uh, some renewed energy for the challenges that we have uh, this week and for the things that we have going on. That we need to remember, uh, Lord, that you have a plan for us in those things. And, and Lord, I pray that you'd open this passage up to us and pray us in Jesus' name. Amen. And so just like uh, the instructions that were given here to the people, you know, I mean, sometimes what God asks us to do, it, seemed, it may seem a little odd. It may, not, it may be counterintuitive. It may not seem to fit, you know, uh, what they call, you know, uh, um, common sense even. I mean, I do think that God is, is very rational and, and, uh, and a lot of, you know, his wisdom is common sense. But there's going to be times in navigating a situation where it's going to be unknown territory 
And God may even ask you to do things, you know, that are a little beyond your comfort zone or what you feel like you can handle on your own. Conventional wisdom would say, you know, I mean, I guess, you know, charge the walls there, get some ladders, overwhelm them, you know, get enough people in there to flush them out, I don't know, or do a siege. I mean, they, they, they had, they had uh, shut themselves in there, right? So just, just wait them out. Uh, surround the city and just wait until they ran out of resources. But God said, well, you know, I'm going to give you a plan. If you, if you uh, follow my plan, uh, you're going you're gonna, to you're come out all right. And so uh, he did that. And as he did that, and we, we saw these things uh, last week, I want to, uh, uh, first of all, point out that when we're facing our Jericho, God wants to do something through us. God wants to do something through us. And uh, if you look here at the, at the, uh, at the passage, look at, uh, at verses 2 through 5, it says, And the Lord said unto Joshua, we're in Joshua chapter 6, verse 2, it says, The Lord said unto Joshua, See, I have given into thine hand Jericho. Well, so he looks over at Jericho and he says, No, I don't really see it, to tell you the truth. <laughs> Not yet, but i got to see it by faith, right? i got to see it by faith at this point. And so God is saying, Look, I'm going to give you Jericho. And so, well, God has the power to do that. I guess, you know, living by faith is saying, yeah, I believe God can do that. But here's the thing. God rarely just does it without including something of us taking steps by faith in that process, right? So he says, I'm going to give you Jericho, and they could consider it a done deal at that point. He said it, right? If they're going to walk by faith, God's going to, God's going to do that. He promised. But then he goes on to do what? to give them instructions about how they're going to be involved in this, what they have to, what their part of it is going to be, all right? And so let's, let's follow on. It says, See, I have given into thy hand Jericho, and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor. And ye, okay, there it is. So God wants to do something, but he wants to what? He wants to do it through you, or we could put it this way, including you. He loves to see us have enough confidence in him, not just to say, you know, passively, I believe he's going to do it, and I'm just going to let him do it. But to say, I believe he's going to do it, and I believe that he would empower me to be a part of that process as I obey him, as I trust him. And, uh, and so uh, the king thereof, and it says, And ye shall compass a city, and ye men of war, and go around about the city once. Thou shalt go do this six days. So six days you're going to encompass that city. And the seven priests shall bear before the ark seven trumpets of the ram's horns. And the seventh day shall compass the city seven times, and the priests shall blow with the trumpets. And it shall come to pass when they make a long blast with the ram's horn. And when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout. And the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up. What does it say? Every man straight before him. So everybody was going to have a role to play here. I mean, at first it might have looked, well, you know, just the, just the, uh, the mighty men of valor, just the soldiers, the, you know, the elite, they're going to get the, the crack at this. Or just the priests, or just the ones that are carrying the, the, uh, the Ark of the Covenant. But then, no, God, as he, as he continues to give instructions, he said there's going to come a time where even the ones that are watching this are going to give a great shout, and uh, you're going to see those walls fall down, you're going to witness this, and then all of you are going to go and, and finish the job. And, uh, and so... God, when you face your Jericho, yes, you can trust God, but also remember, God wants to work through you. God wants you to uh, walk in cooperation with what he's doing. That's going to be a lot more meaningful, isn't it? Right? When you see that not only does he want to do some things, but he wants, you know, he wants to include you in what he's doing. And uh, from, what, from what you saw here, did God really need these, these people? <laughs> I mean, this is supernatural, wasn't it? This is something only God could do, but yet 
he chose to do it through their obedience. And evidently, he wouldn't have done it if they hadn't. It's kind of interesting, all right? All right, secondly, not only is God doing something through us when we face our Jericho, but God is doing something in us. God is doing something through us, and God is also doing something in us. And let's look at, uh, at verses uh, 8 through 10. It says there, And it came to pass, when Joshua had spoken unto the people, that the seven priests, bearing the seven trumpets of ram's horns, passed on before the Lord and blew with the trumpets, and the ark of the covenant, the Lord followed them. And the armed men went before the priests that blew with the trumpets, and the uh, rearward came up after the ark, the priests going on and blowing with the trumpets. And Joshua had commanded the people, saying, Ye shall not shout, nor make any noise with your voice, neither shall any word proceed out of your mouth until the day that I bid you shout, then shall ye shout. Now, let me ask you this. While this was all going on, and they were following these instructions for six days, and they weren't supposed to make any noise that whole time, or those, those, seven, those six times around to that last time, right? Uh, do, you think, do you think they were just like robotically standing there and not thinking anything at all? Do you think there were some things going on in their heart? <laughs> Do you think they were, they were going back to God's promise and, and, uh, and continuing to hope on that and anticipating maybe doubt crept in there once in a while? I mean, do you think out of all these you know, hundreds of thousands of people, there was no one that, that battled doubt at all? And uh, I can guarantee you, because these are real human beings with real hearts, that there were some things going on in the inward band there. And that's, uh, that's the way it is with us, too. I mean, I can, I can totally identify with that. You know, when you're facing your Jericho, sort of your unknown, <laughs> that situation that you're, uh, you're, you're concerned about, you have some apprehension about, uh, you don't really clearly see the way through it, but God has given you enough instructions to know what you're supposed to be doing, and, and you, you're, you're walking with expectation that he's going to do something, but you have all those, all those dynamics going on in your heart. You know, um, uh, you, have, you have doubt trying to creep in. You have fear trying to threaten that thing. You have maybe a, a temptation to quit. Maybe say, this isn't going to, you know, what am I doing here? And, uh, you know, just keeping your eyes on, the, on those promises of the Lord. Just, just staying with it. Uh, keep, keep walking through that. Uh, you know, day one, day two. And, you know, to us, we read this, and, and it's only a couple of verses. I think that's really quick. But a week can seem like a really long time if you're kind of like, you know, waiting for something or, or looking to some you know, some, something, some situation you're facing that's imminent or, you know, uh, not all time passes equally, does it? <laughs> and so um, I can imagine, and I know, and I, and I believe, and, and I've experienced this, that not only do I see that God wants to do something through me, but God also wants to do something in me. And that's going to happen as I work through those things according to God's word. And keep coming back to, uh, uh, to, to, to God's word, taking my thoughts into captivity. What does the Bible say? Unto the obedience of Jesus Christ. That's how God works in our inward man. God, that's how God works um, in us. Thirdly, not only is God doing something through us when we face our Jericho, God is doing something in us, but also God is doing something in spite of us. <laughs> God is doing something in spite of us. Now, we're going to see... At the, at the beginning, it seems like everything went great here and everybody was fully on board and everyone was, was having a great attitude and following instructions to the T. But look at what it says in 7.1. In chapter 7, verse 1, it says, But the children of Israel committed a trespass in the accursed thing for Achan. And then, uh, you know, next week we're going to see the story of Achan and it's, uh, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a pretty negative story, if you remember. 
I mean, there, there's, there's silver linings and there's things to be gleaned from it to help us in the victory, but, you know, it's, gonna, it's, it's a hard story to, to, to see, really. And, uh, and so, look it. Um, as God was blessing with this victory, do you know that Achan was a part of that and, he, and his heart wasn't in the right place? But God was still gracious. And, uh, and you know, I'm sure there was doubters there out of, out of hundreds of thousands of people. And, uh, and, and, and you know, there, there was, there was uh, Rahab was, was in the city. And Rahab, yeah, we're going we're gonna to see her a little further on in the story, but, um, you know, she was, she was uh, uh, someone who had helped the people there, but she was also, you know, someone that, that, that you'd look at and say, well, you know, I mean, how could God ever use a person like that, right? Uh, she was a prostitute. And, uh, but isn't it true that God, you know, God many times is gracious to do things in our midst, even in, in, in spite of us, even in spite of our shortcomings. And, uh, you know, a, a obedience, we can't undermine the importance of it. But if it was, let's put it this way. If it hinged on us being 100% on board, 100% you know, righteous through every situation? Would God ever do anything on our behalf? No. No. And so he's looking for that heart of faith, and generally speaking, that was there with the people. And he blessed that. But, you know, it's like with salvation. He blesses our faith to trust him in that, but it's based upon his righteousness and his perfection, not ours ultimately. And that's what we're looking for in trusting him. And, and so um, God is doing something when we face our Jericho many times in spite of ourselves. And so if you're struggling a bit in that, you know, don't, don't, don't be defeated. I mean, be honest with the Lord. Here I am, Lord, again. I don't deserve it, but uh, I'm coming back to you, and I'm saying, could you, would you please be gracious to me? And you've been gracious to me so many times before when I didn't deserve it. And uh, thank you, Lord, for many times for giving the victory in, in, spite, of, in spite of myself and, 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 you know, speaking, I guess, as a church, in spite of us. But, uh, and then fourthly, God is doing something, not only through us, in us, in spite of us, but God is doing something around us. God is doing something around us. Now think of the citizens of Jericho. We saw already that the citizens of Jericho, they were noticing what was going on. And certainly the people, the people of the land, uh, who we had seen in the chapter before, their hearts were melting as they heard what was going on amongst God's people. And then look down at verse 27 here in chapter 6. Verse 27 says, So the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame was noised throughout all the country. So after God gave this victory and they obeyed and the walls did come down and there was a great, uh, there was a great you know, uh, um, uh, step there to, to taking victory in the land and taking the land that God had given them, um, there was a lot of land to be gained still, and, and there was a lot in front of them that hadn't, you know, been taken for the Lord yet. But what was important? Well, at that point, it was important that the testimony of those who were trusting God would be clear and would go before them. And this is something that I've noticed over the years. People are watching a lot more than what you think they are. And, you know, all of a sudden something will happen, you know, one day that'll be like, you know, someone will say something or someone you hadn't really been thinking of that it was paying any attention to you or whatever, you know, 
they'll, they'll, they'll make a remark about something that, you know, that they've seen happen in your life, and they're like, wow, they were actually, they were noticing that, or that, you know, they were, they were paying attention to that. Um, I've heard people say things, you know, in the town and stuff, uh, oh, I noticed such and such was going on over your church, or, um, you know, uh, and, and you're like, well, we're kind of tucked away on this little side street here. I mean, sometimes we think, you know, we're a little isolated here. Who cares what happens here? No one's going to notice anyways. <laughs> people in, in small town America, they notice. They notice. Um, and, uh, well, we have a policeman here tonight. Is that true? People notice what's going on, don't they? A lot of times. <laughs> and, uh, well, some, some people are clueless too, but that's a whole different topic. But anyways, um, so God is doing something around us. And, uh, and think of, of the teammates as they, were, as they were feeding off of one another in this venture. And think of the children that were watching this. Think of the children that were going to see, okay, are my parents going to trust God in this? Is God going to come through to, for them? Is, are they going to give the credit for that? And then at the end of the, the chapters we saw here, uh, the Lord was with Joshua and his fame was noised throughout all the country. And, and, you know, at first I thought, well, that for sure is talking about Joshua's fame. But I look at it again, well, maybe it's really talking about the Lord's fame. <laughs> and if it is talking initially about Joshua's fame, then what do we always do if we're getting attention for, for doing something? We want to always give the glory to God. Yeah, you know, God gave us a great victory that day. And yeah, I mean, you heard about the exploits of Joshua? Well, that's because of the God that he serves. You know, God came through. God is faithful. Use that terminology. Not as, a, not as like, a, you know, a show. Not just like religious mumbo-jumbo. But use that terminology quickly. I'm so thankful for what God has done in my life. God's been so good to me. God's been so gracious to me. And, uh, yeah, uh, you know, someone maybe says something about your family. Well, I, I'm so thankful that God has worked in my family, and it's only be by, by his grace, that the, you know. And just, uh, just be quick to point uh, to the Lord that the, that the fame of the Lord would go out round about us. And then lastly, God is doing something through us at our Jericho. He's doing something in us. He's doing something in spite of us. He's doing something around us. And lastly, God is doing something beyond us. Now you say, isn't that the same as around us? Well, let's look at something here. God is doing something beyond us. And uh, if we go, um, let's see here. Go back to, uh, to verse 22. Well, verse 21 says, And they utterly destroyed all that was in the city, both man and woman, young and old, ox, sheep, ass, with the edge of the sword. And we talked about last week why that was necessary even though that's something that's hard to see there. Um, and then in verse 22, it says, But Joshua said unto the two men that spied out the country, Go into the harlot's house, and bring out thence the woman and all that she hath, as ye swear unto her. And the young men that were spies went in and brought out Rahab and her father and her mother and her brother and all that she had, and they brought, brought out uh, her kindred and left them without the camp of Israel. And, uh, and so we know that uh, in, in verse 25 it says, And Joshua saved Rahab um, the harlot alive in her father's household and all that she had. And she dwelleth in Israel even unto this day, when this was written, because she hid the messengers which Joshua sent uh, to spy out Jericho. So we know that she had let down that, that, scarlet, uh, that scarlet cord um, to, to mark her, her dwelling place there. And, uh, well, someone surmised that maybe that scarlet cord had been used for something else, you know. Um, when, when, when she was living the lifestyle that she was living. Um, 
and uh, maybe it was it was it was a, a kind of a call to 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 what was going on uh, there with with the, with the Scarlet Cord. But you know, uh, well, it's kind of uh, God 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 takes our lives and and He transforms them and and uh, He turns you know He makes beauty out of the ashes, right? That's what God does. He makes beauty out of the ashes. I mean, you take that old rugged cross, that was about the most hideous death instrument that there was. But yet that was turned into something glorious uh, through what Jesus did with it, right? And uh, you're talking about something glorious beyond this. Let's go to uh, just a couple of passages as we wrap this up. God is doing something beyond us, and, and we don't see what that is. Think about, think about the person who led uh, Charles Spurgeon to the Lord. Maybe that's the only person he ever led to the Lord, right? Think about the person who led Billy Sunday to the Lord. Think about the person who led, you know, other great evangelists and, and, and uh, people who have led many, many, many thousands to the Lord. Maybe that was the only person they ever led. Think about Andrew leading his, bro his brother Peter to the Lord, right? And so what was going on here, it ended up having much further implications than what it seemed like just at this time, just one town, just one area. And uh, so let's just look at that in conclusion here. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 31. I mean, we've seen Rahab the harlot. <laughs> oh, could she, be a, could she be a Bible hero of sorts? Well, it says here, uh, Hebrews eleven thirty-one, 31, the hall of faith, as we call it. Um, it says, by faith, the harlot Rahab. She's in the hall of faith. Perish not with them that believe not when she had received the spies with peace. And so she, had, she, she ended up living a life of faith. She ended up living a life of faith. God is working in all kinds of uh, people's lives. And then if we go to uh, James, chapter 2, verse 25, Hebrews James. It says there, Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified? And uh, the whole passage here in James chapter 2 is, is showing how uh, true faith or lively faith, which we know she was in the hall of faith, right? So she, was, she had faith, okay? We're, we're, we're saved by grace through faith. But then true faith always leads, according to James, it's alive and it energizes us to works. And so Rahab's works that she did, she was willing to risk her life there. She showed by her works that she truly had faith, you see? And, uh, and, and so that it talks about that uh, uh, there. So sh she and her family were saved. And, uh, and, and so Rahab's faith in God uh, brought her into a new family. Uh, Rahab was also uh, uh, put into a physical family with Israel. She, she married a man named, named uh, uh, Salma, who was one of the leaders of Israel. And do you know the rest of the story? Um, Rahab who had been called a harlot, became a godly wife and mother in Israel. She and her husband became the parents of a boy named Boaz, who married Ruth, right? And, uh, and then um, she, uh, God, God raised, raised up this, this, this woman of ill repute by faith, came to God, became the great-great-grandmother of King, of King David. King David who was what? Well, the one through which the Messianic line came. And if you read, the, uh, if you read those names and those genealogies in the book of Matthew, for example, you read the genealogies that led up to Jesus, all those stories that are woven together, those lives through which God worked to bring, to bring about Jesus, 
Guess who's right in that list? Rahab. Rahab is right in that list. What a beautiful thing. So that the whole point there is that, you know, we can't see everything that God's doing, in the, in, in, and we have to live our place of victory so that God, you know, can continue to do something way beyond what we could ever imagine through that. And we don't know what God's going to bring, uh, bring about uh, through that in, in the future. And sometimes, you know, that place of, of Jericho is just, I mean, maybe it's just in our own homes, challenges in our marriages maybe, challenges of bringing up our kids. You know, that can seem a little like Jericho at times, <laughs> like, wow, man, you know. Now, sometimes our kids seem to be shutting themselves in a room and, uh, you know, or got to figure out how to deal with that. And, and uh, you know, God gives us a way and God gives a victory there. And who knows in the future what kind of dividends that's going to pay for the cause of the Lord if we just continue to pray for the victories that God uh, wants to give us in every, situ in every situation. And, uh, and so this is one uh, great illustration. Um, there's a song... It's called, I Can Go In. And it says, He stood beside the gate of heaven waiting to go in. And he wondered how this holy place could take a man like him. With shouts of great rejoicing and with music, then they came. Of the angels standing by him, he asked, what could be their name? These are the company of prophets, the goodly fellowship of souls, who spake God's word with faith and boldness, who blessed the poor and made the wounded whole. Oh, he fell upon his knees and cried, I'm not one of these. He waited till another band of sinning ones drew nigh. They entered into heaven with a hallelujah cry. He asked again, who are these? Can you tell me whence they came? He seemed to see the answer in a burning tongue of flame. These are the company of martyrs, the mighty fellowship of saints, who knew our Lord and walked beside him, who ran the holy race and did not faint. Oh, he fell down on his knees again and cried, I am not one of these. Then suddenly a multitude was heard from far away. Their voices rang with songs of joy like children at their play. He saw Rahab, he saw David, Mary Magdalene, and Paul. And the thief who died by Jesus was the one who led them all. Who are these? He almost shouted at the angels. These are the sinners saved by grace, the host of them who called upon the Savior, washed in the blood and justified by faith. And oh, he leaped up to, uh, from his knees. Oh, I can go in with these. I can go in, for my heart is free from sin. I've been washed in the blood, everlasting life to win. I can rejoice. I can lift up my voice. I can sing, and I can go in. Oh, he thought there could be no hallelujah and no cries for this lowly band of people by the world uh, um, despised. But as the scene of heaven opened up before his eyes, he saw the martyrs and the prophets and the host of heaven rise, and they sang, I can go in, for my heart is free from sin. I've been washed in the blood, everlasting life to win. I can rejoice, I can lift up my voice, I can sing, and I can go in. I can go in. And, uh, and so, um, well, aren't you thankful? <laughs> That we can look at that company, you know, uh, Rahab, David, Mary Magdalene, even the thief on the cross, and you can say, yeah, uh, I can go in because Jesus Christ takes care of all that. And when it really comes down to it, you know, the prophets and the martyrs, as much as we admire, admire them, they had to come in through Jesus as well. Um, so let's have prayer. Lord, I thank you for this uh, uh, passage of Scripture. And uh, Lord, I thank you for the great victory that you give us through Jesus Christ. And, Lord, that we can, uh, uh, if we trust you for salvation,